Hello and welcome to From the Be All End. I'm Simon Evans and with me is the usual crew of Claret Opinionators, Andrew Greaves, Chris Borden, Paul Woodhouse and Justin Connolly. And we shall be discussing and picking over the carcass of Newcastle United's 2-0 win over Burnley at St. James's Park. Justin Connolly to start us off. Justin, what were your uh, impressions of that performance? Well, uh I think it's probably the most disappointing performance of the season so far. I think, um, I mean, to to me, they've all been disappointing for different reasons. Even the one where we managed to pick up one of those fable points that people keep telling us about. Um, but this one feels a bit like it, it didn't really have any redeeming features. I didn't see much of that progress we we keep we keep talking about. So there's no real positives we can fall back on and say, well, at least there was that, you know. It was, I mean, it was okay for the first 10 minutes until Eddie managed to work out how to keep Collioshaw quiet. And then after that, it was just really all over, wasn't it? Um, the goal was a bit really disappointing to give away. Ramsey's caught in possession by Trippier. And then, you know, he's, um, Almiron's not closed down to be allowed to get that, that shot away. And then I just, you know, I thought it might be one of those games where we, where we pull off a daylight robbery sort of last minute equaliser because you know when you when it's one nil you're still in the game aren't you but I could I couldn't see where a goal was going to come from um the lack of goal threat was quite alarming I think we, we've had that a little bit in the last few games but this one hopefully that'll improve uh when Foster gets back but um I thought the penalty was a little bit a bit harsh I think he did get a bit of the ball but I can see why it's been given um, and then that just put us out of our misery then. That was the end of it, wasn't it? Um, and I've not really been, been able to come up with any positives apart from maybe Foster made a few, uh, uh, what's he called? Trafford made a few decent saves, didn't he? But then that sort of suggests they had quite a few shots on target. Um, apart from that, I'm struggling. Anybody else got anything sort of... The, positive the, the save, yeah. The Trafford's probably one of the, one of the big positives, and I know, and I know, still people are looking at his his distribution sort of uh, matched up to Murich, and uh, I still think Murich is superior in that department. But uh, the save from the header is fabulous. Mm. I, I know he gets uh, he gets a little bit of luck uh, with with the save from Isaac. You know, he sort of. He's a little hesitant, but he comes out and he earns his own luck. He, you know, he, he, he smothers the, uh, you know, the, the the effort and it spins away. And he's actually really turn it in from there, but uh, yeah, he's managed to hook it wide. But no, the the save from the header is what that's what we see. You're sort of looking at so why why have we spent this money on this goalkeeper? And and you look at that save and you think, yeah, that that, that that's why. And uh, hopefully he can sort of uh, you know continue to. To show us more of that form and, and, and build on that, he's certainly getting, you know, plenty of practice at the moment. <laughs> it's uh, it's all this. I, just I, I'm I'm really concerned. Everyone's sort of like pinning their hopes now on on, on Luton away on Tuesday night, and I I think the, I mean, unless we can go there and dominate possession, and don't give you know any silly free kicks or corners away, because I I think they're, they're absolutely monstrous on set pieces. You look at what they did at Goodison Park yesterday, where Everton have probably had the better, you know, the better chances and not been able to take them as is Everton's Everton's story at the moment. But uh, 
they've given away two awful goals from set pieces, and that really, really worries me for Tuesday. I think there is. I mean, I was really kind of, I was depressed last night because as soon as Justin says he can't find any any positives, I was just like, this is my Saturday night ruin now. I mean, it literally, like, I looked at Justin for the positives. I think I'm quite positive compared to the rest of you are gender-driven uh, opinionators, as Sam described you as. Um, but I, I agree. I think Trafford was a big, a big plus. Um, I think there is a slight kind of weird obsession with his distribution compared to Murich. I think we've got bigger distribution issues. You know, I think the fact that Robert's barely found a claret shirt and it's his weird kind of hooked high ball to Ramsey that um, that puts him under pressure for, for Trippier to pick his pocket. Um, you know, we did get very ragged as soon as they scored. But I think Orderbear, um, when he came on, I think he's mm. a positive. I think I said in the podcast last week, I'd be almost tempted now to rest Collie Oshaw because his kind of window of effectiveness has gone from kind of 50 minutes to 45 minutes to probably now less than half an hour. And that's not a fault of his, but it's just, you know, whenever he gets here, somebody on Claret's, uh, up the Claret's, I should say, mentioned this. The problem is when he beats a man, there's nobody up with him because nobody's quick enough to get up with him. So we need to try something different. How's a Rory was still sat kicking his heels on the bench until whatever it was when he came on, you know, inside the last 10 minutes. I'll never know. Um, trying to look for positives, because I'm a positive person. Um, Brun Larson, I thought, looked decent when he came on. Again, he's got that little bit of guile about him, which I quite like. Uh, Sander Berger looked, looked decent, probably his best game. But then we've got regression, I think, for Josh Cullen. Um, mm. Sorry. Um, yeah, Josh Cullen. Josh Brownhill. You know, there's a couple of players who really didn't didn't kind of kick on after promising performances against Nottingham Forest. Now, look, don't take anything away from Eddie and, and his Newcastle side. They are a very good side. You know, they, they will be top four. I think we said that. Um, you know, I'm convinced they'll be top four because they look good. But it was, we've talked about being too passive at times. After that brilliant start and Amdouni, perhaps a little bit unlucky with his effort, as soon as they scored, you know, I was sat there watching through my hands for most of the game because every time they push forward, you just thought, here it is, here it is. We got the let off with Isak, we got the let off with the header and it spun towards goal and, and Roberts was able to clear. Um, I'm still kind of refusing to get too panicked. Part of me thinks Foster back against Luton is the tonic we've needed, but I agree with Justin, there the weren't many positives and it's probably the first game, even though we got battered by Spurs, well beaten by Villa, well beaten by City, we were able to find positives because we could appreciate we were still growing and evolving. Now I'm not so sure that we've we've taken a step forward, as Justin said. And I think we're starting to develop a pattern, aren't we? We've we've developed into this side that has this ten to fifteen minutes until the opposition works us out which with obviously Eddie yesterday was, well, let's just push up a little bit and press him. And then for the next hour, we didn't have a fucking clue what to do. And going back to the Colliosho Ramsey thing, who had a mare between the pair of them for the next hour or so. And it wasn't until Brun Larson came on that somebody actually worked out, well, okay, all I have to do with Dan Byrne is turn the bugger. And that's it. Off he went. And it took us an hour to do that and a change of personnel. Because Dan, Bur Dan Burns basically Phil Jones did it for the first 10 minutes and made Coley <laughs> Osho look extremely decent. 
were it not for that, Kolyosha would have also had a stinker. You know, and it's this drifting of this game that we don't seem to want to impact or the management doesn't seem to want to impact for whatever reason that may be for a good long period up until the second half. That's we me, you know, a little bit more game by game, I think. Have you been watching game again today? Yeah, it was fucking worse second time round. <laughs> <laughs> That's commitment. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the one of the one of the issues there in that is, is that we're play, trying to play possession football. That's the whole concept, and we're not keeping possession very well, are we? You know, and, and it's mm. that midfield, that midfield heart of 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 uh, Cullen and Brownhill in particular aren't able to keep possession, start off moves, keep things ticking over, do be the, you know, the metronome is the, the word that somebody on this podcast used for Josh Cullen. If that's not happening, then all we've got really is getting it to the wingers. And then if the wingers are closed down because they've worked out, you know, like we saw a regular on workout for Spurs, if you get really, really close to Collie Oshaw and really commit to just marking him tight, 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 and don't let him turn and run at you, um, then you could, he can be neutralised. I mean, there was always that danger with Collie Osho. We see this with wingers all the time. I remember when Dwight McNeil first came on the scene, and I, I was talking to, uh, not not to name drop, but you know, in the press box, talking to Pat Nevin, who was working for the BBC, and I said, hey, what do you think about you know Dwight McNeil? And he said, yeah, it's good. I'd be interested to see him next year when everyone's had a look at him, though. You know, <laughs> Will he still be mm-hmm. dancing past people? And and it is like that for wingers. And I think people have looked at Collier. I'm sure Eddie looked at him after 10 minutes and decided what they needed to do. But I, I didn't understand uh, why. I think Woody's right. I didn't understand why we stuck with some things that clearly weren't working, like Ramsey on the left out there. Why we stuck with that for so long. You know, it, it seemed mm. we were still in the game. So I suppose that puts a little bit of a thought in the manager's mind of, well, it's only 1 0, you know, but that was a disappointing side of it for me. More importantly, Simon, did you speak to Pat Nevin about the Jesus and Murray chain? We did talk music, actually. <laughs> we did talk music. And he was very much into, he was very much into sort of uh, dream pop and uh, the chromatic yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> good, good taste, Pat Nevin. <laughs> I, but, I uh, agree with what you were saying there, Simon, in terms of the. Uh, <laughs> It's all there's a stubbornness to, to Vincent that you know is a real positive at times. That you know, there is this belief that he will get things right. And I, you know, I've said on this podcast several times, I, I fully believe that we will come good. I, I still don't think we're going to get relegated. Someone texted me this morning and said, Are we going to get relegated? I said, No, there's no way we're going to get relegated because it will come good. But in the short term, he's all about evolution and progress and things like that. I'm not sure how much a player having a mayor is progressing that player and giving him the confidence. We saw it. I don't know if anyone's watched the Ryder Cup this weekend, but, you know, there's been certain American players this weekend where you look and you just go, you just keep sticking, you know, you keep doing the same thing and it's not working. So you've got to try something different. And I think for Vincent, you know, Zorori's on the bench until, you know, 80-odd minutes. You know, you know that actually stick him against Dan Byrne you know, switch it up a bit, you know, we know Amdouni were never going to, never really going to have the same impact as Foster up front. But then, of course, when Jay came on, the, he's, his game is different to Foster's again. So I, I do think but the biggest problem in... You don't in create free chances, do you, Greasy? You don't create free chances, assists, 
albeit against League Two opposition, and then a lad who wasn't even in the twenty against Manchester United yeah, comes exactly. on ahead of you. Uh, I, do, I don't yeah. don't grasp that at yeah. all. I've only yeah. that's it. These same little strange decisions that. I 100% agree, Chris. You know, I thought Zorori was going to be on the team sheet. I thought, right, that's fine. He'll probably drop Jay um, Goodmanson out and Zorori comes in. And that's great, you know. We, we've settled back with Zorori being the most kind of exciting of all of the kind of established players we've got. And I don't think anyone would have batted an eyelid. And then when it's kind of like, all right, we're going to play Ramsey. Okay, fair enough. But it's that you've got to change it. If it's not working, you've got to change it. It's what all good managers do. Now, I'm not criticising Vincent at all, but... Yeah, you are. Got... A bit, a bit. No, you <laughs> well, yeah, not. Yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah, maybe <laughs> I am. It's a definition. You know what I mean? It's kind of, yeah. I'm trying to find positives, but it's a bit kind of... I don't know. It's like... And maybe it's kind of where well, we want him for Luton, and if he picks up an injury, then, you know, maybe, on Luton, maybe against Luton, with a quick turnaround on Tuesday night, we see a different team. And we see that kind of Zorori comes into it. Foster obviously comes back in. Maybe we see Collie Osho drop out. You know, maybe, you know, Goodmanson comes back in for Luton because, you know, you need a bit of experience. But like I say, there's, there's just a few too many players at the minute not doing the basics. And it is the basics, you know, finding a teammate. You know, like I say, I don't want to criticise Roberts because I really like Roberts. But, you know. Well, you're about stick- to. I'm about to, yeah. <laughs> stick, stick with Tino there, you know, because I, I think it, it's Roberts at the minute is just it's not working. You know, he can barely find a Burnley shirt, and you've got you know just, right uh... back, and you've got to find you know if you've got the ball out wide, there's so even his throwings aren't finding Burnley shirts, no. and it's not like they're kind of like someone's nipped in front. He's throwing it into a space where a Newcastle player can step up and collect the ball, launch another attack. And they're basics, and there's nothing the manager can do about that, apart from drop a player, sit him down, let him look at videos and things like that, do a do a Woody, watch it again, second time. I mean, that is dedication. I mean, I do, I, you know, I skip past it on match of the day, first thing this morning, because I couldn't be asked watching it again. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If any, can... anyone who sat next to me, sort of that the, the, in the relegation season two years ago, anyone who sat next to me will know I, I wasn't a huge fan of. Connor Roberts at this level, admittedly he had a good season back in the championship. But uh, herein lies the sort of the, the, you know the, the the rub of it really. You, know, you, you look in the championship and the whole sort of uh, well the, the the whole philosophy is about we, we, where's the space? Find the space. Well, we, the, the space there's less of it in the Premier League. And you know when 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 mm. you've been you know so many te- teams respected Burnley from an early period last season without knowing. What sort of side we were? They thought yeah. they knew what we would be, but we hadn't shown it by that stage. I mean, Hull came like you know riding out at the top of the league and sat off for ninety minutes. You know, it was ridiculous. Scored on the counter and you know and sat in for the rest of the game. Luton did the same. Scored early, sat in. You know, respect from the off, but teams don't. You know, they don't. They don't grant you that in the Premier League. The the, the pressure is more ferociously, and we can't live with that. You know, it's, I was watching Leicester today at Blackburn and watching Vestergaard look as comfortable as any centre half you'll ever see on the ball. But you will do if you're not getting not getting pressure on you. It's uh, Vestergaard's one of the clumsiest centre halves you'll see. <laughs> we just haven't got that the same time and space. And you know, and and, and see, like say, like what he said, if your know, teams teams push up and, and and they press the life out of you, we you know we're succumbing a bit to that. And and again, you know. 
set plays give me the fear of God. <laughs> I do find it quite amusing that um, Lyle Foster, it's a sign really of when a team is not doing well and when they're struggling, that when a player misses a few games, their stock goes rising and soaring as a result. And Lyle Jeff Foster, Hendricks, the saviour. He's always the saviour, Jeff Hendricks. <laughs> yeah, he was, wasn't he? And like, it's like <clears throat> a week before the season started, we were like, we've got to sign a centre forward. We've got to sign a centre forward. And now we're like, well, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll sort Luton out because Lyle's back, you know. And mm. it's, uh, we have missed him. We have missed him. And I, oh, yeah. I thought some of the sort of, I mean, it's an easy sort of pundit narrative that like Burnley didn't take their chances. There was only really that one chance. And Am Dooney didn't do anything wrong with it, actually. I mean, he was slightly behind yeah, him from Collie Oshaw. Yeah. Slightly behind him. He's hit it first time, hit it well, and like was straight at port. Well, that's not a bad miss, you know. And then mm. apart from that, there wasn't a lot else in terms the, of uh, the Alder Key ledger, and that's about it, really, isn't it? Yeah, the was ledger that, from yeah. a set piece, but. Yeah, I mean, you've got... That's progress. There's, there's progress. A header from a set piece. <laughs> well, we scored one against Salford, haven't we? That was the thing. So maybe, maybe the, the kind of... The, the positive is a Josh Brownhill set piece yeah. reaching a player in a dangerous position. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and it's, see, it was, I mean, see, it was, a, it was a, a harsh... but It is a penalty as well. It was, it, it was a harsh one, but uh, you can't go to ground against Er Gordon. He's, uh, you know, he's he's gonna milk yeah, uh, milk that situation. <laughs> but he's he's one of those. He's had a bit of a bit of a bit of a sniff at it, and uh, he's just not got enough of the ball, has he? And uh, so you're hoping for Trafford to produce a bit of penalty heroics, like in the Euro final, and uh, yeah, quality finish from Isaac. I mean, just on Trafford. I mean. I thought one of the reasons why he was supposed to be like so expensive and such a, a, a big signing wasn't for his shop-stopping ability, but, it, but I thought he was a modern goalkeeper who was like really good with his feet and distribution, and I haven't seen anything of that, really. I mean, is he just playing it careful, or is he just, we're not in a position where the goalkeeper's got time? I mean, going back to what Chris just said, Murich used to be able to stand there for quite a while before pinging a 25-yard pass to feet, didn't he? Whereas... You know, we've seen uh, we've seen Trafford have to hoof it into the stands quite a few times because he's been pressed. Is that all it is, or, or is he perhaps not the goalkeeper we thought we were getting? He's just a, you know going to develop into a very good shot stopping keeper. Yeah, he's not. He's, he obviously doesn't have the same ability with his feet as Murich does, but he's also not playing in the championship. You know, and he, I think he also plays more percentage balls than Murich does. Murich is a far riskier, you know, risk and reward type passer than Trafford is. Yeah. You know? And I think you'd see more hospital balls from Murich currently being hit to like, you know, central midfielders and them getting, you know, getting the ball nipped off them. So I think, you know, mm. yeah, that's he's, true. He's, I think Murich is turning to another one of these players. Weirdly enough, that we're saying out of the side, it becomes absolutely <laughs> awesome, etc. Yeah. It's <laughs> your keeper. I mean, you know, Put uh, Ronald Koeman there, you know, see how it works out. <laughs> <laughs> he is also very inexperienced, isn't he? He's not actually played that many games, Premier League or otherwise. So you can't you can't really expect expect him to be like a world beater on day one. I mean that 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 is part of the reason why we bought him, isn't it? Because of his potential. He's not he's not the real deal yet, is he? He's going to be hopefully, but. Um, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure how many games he's got under his belt, apart from the six he's played for us. But I'm pretty sure it's not that many. 
Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's like it's like Woody says, you know, you you become a much better player if you don't have to take to the pitch, do you, don't you? you oh, look at Bazunu. Yeah. Well, but that City City sold Bazunu to Southampton last year, and you you know you look at what happened to Southampton. You know they they, they you know they've been breeding these you know these goalkeepers at City since uh, Claudio Bravo Bravo set foot in the building at the at the expense of Joe Hart and. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a gun as well, wasn't there? That that went and yeah. didn't have a you know a great a great time of it, and uh, it's it is tough. Like you say, Murich had, had a spell. At, you ask Nottingham Forest fans about his loan spell, and they you know they they don't talk very glowingly of him, but uh, he he won uh, won Burnley fans round over the, over the length of the season uh, last year. But and, he did, uh, it did take a while though, didn't it? It took, oh, yeah. it took a while. I mean, even oh, yeah. even towards the end of the season when we were romping the championship, the odd time I sat in the Bob Lord stand, you know, they were they were, you know, the fucking defibrillator almost had to come out sometimes <laughs> for a simple pass across his own goal. But um, the Trafford versus Murray's debate, I, I do think is is fueled as what he said by the you know absence makes the heart grow fonder for Murray's. But you know, as you pointed out, would he? he that's in the championship. We've talked about how much more space you get, how nobody's pressing. Nobody's <coughs> pressing you. You can you can put your foot on it. You can ping it Glen Hoddle style to you know out to the left, out to the right. You know, I, I think Trafford's doing fine. There's not I've no problem at all with uh, mm. with Trafford. I think he's grown into a really, really good goalkeeper. Um, you know, I'd like his distribution to be better. Of course I would. But, you know, I also think what Murich was like trying to play company ball at the start, and we've not really conceded because of Trafford's distribution, have we? I don't think. No, no, no. Be able to no. So we're not, you know, like we did against Blackpool. I think it was under Murich. So I do think, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm not getting panicked. I'm not. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even worried. I'm not even breaking a sweat yet because I do think that actually everything we're going through now suddenly when the second half of the season comes, I think A, will be in a much better position. I think we'll have pulled clear because, you know, I do think there's teams who will get sucked into it. Your Palaces, you know, Palace had a good result at Man United. Yeah, brilliant. They'll get sucked into it because that's Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson's had a bit of effect at the start of the season, but, you know, he'll know he's going at the end of next season. They'll, they'll get sucked in. I know, Simon, you think Wolves probably won't be there or thereabouts in that bottom four or five. But, uh, you know, I agree with Chris. I think they're a woeful side. I think they'll get sucked in. Bournemouth will get sucked in. Everton are going to be there or thereabouts. You know, I think it's us and six others, maybe. I do expect us, when we click, to be the top of that six or seven, if I'm being really honest. I'm going to quote somebody on Twitter because we're always asking for feedback. So let's let's have a little bit. This is Megan Mooney on, on Twitter who says, I'm sticking by the B.O. podcast idea of waiting until the 5th of November and then assess. Luton, Palace, Bournemouth, all a better shout than where we are. So there you go. I Don't agree. She's, she's absolutely right. You said that last podcast. Well, there's no point in getting his knickers in a twist before a bonfire night, is there? You know, I think Chelsea's winnable, weirdly. Because yeah. they are a shambles, you know. Who knows, who knows what that what will happen in that game? Exactly. <laughs> we thought about Man United, and had we been slightly better and a little less passive against Man United, and had Lyle Foster, there we go, trumping him up a little bit, a little bit again. I, I think we'd have got some out of United, and I think we, we, I think we'll get some out of Chelsea. You know, 
Luton, I agree with you, Chris. I think there's this expectation that Luton's going to be this rollover. You know, their tails are going to be... You don't go to Goodison and get a win and then suddenly go and throw all that good work away by turning in a poor performance at home in front of their own fans. They're going to want that first Premier League win at Kenilworth Road. I think it will be tough, you know, arguably tougher than... than exactly. Definitely tougher than Forest. Arguably as tough as Newcastle United. Here's another so you look back bit at, of yeah, feedback. Nick, Nicholas Ward says, BO podcast, I think it's worthy of discussion why Zorori and Benson, I appreciate MB injured now and Zorori has been suspended, seem to have been so marginalised. Kaliosha has been excellent but shouldn't be playing every game or perhaps should just come on and impact it. Well, we kind of talked a little bit about that, but they do, do, last season they were our main men out wide, weren't they? Do we think that the fact that we went out and bought so many wingers reflects, and, and then the team selection since reflects perhaps a little bit of concern from company that those two wingers weren't ready to make the step up, or is it just the uh, team selection? Well, why give them the four-year contracts each? <laughs> they were like two sort of, uh, you know, marquee, you know, new contracts sort of over in the summer period. But we all looked at the uh, the pre-season. Obviously, we didn't get a look at Benson, but... Uh, Thought Zorori had shown flashes of quality against good opposition. And then for the team sheet to come through against Manchester City, we were like, where, where is Zorori? It just, a real, as Sean would say. That was the big head, surprise, head wasn't scratcher. it? Yeah, absolutely. And then he, we, you know, we all know what happens. He gets he gets sent off and uh, that completely kills any momentum he, you know, he, he would hope to get. Uh, but uh, to my mind, he's done enough in that in that uh, that little cameo against Salford City to warrant coming on earlier in the game yesterday than than Odebert, who, who admittedly did you know you know showed good signs himself. But uh, yeah, he shouldn't be that far down the pecking order, certainly. Yeah, I think as well. I think I don't know what it is. I think I don't know. Everything kind of adds to this kind of feeling that. Um, you know, we're almost treating these first few games as a chance to blood in new talent and get people experienced, things like that. And actually, when it matters, we will suddenly switch to Zorori on one side. And Benson was used more sparingly last season. He was the ultimate impact, weren't he? If you think about the amount of times he came on and affected the game and things like that. I do find it slightly weird that they've been marginalised, but I wonder whether it's, it's a kind of, you know what, company in, in his kind of wisdom has sat down and gone, you know what, first six games, you know, anything we get out of them, barring perhaps Forrester away as a bonus, we're going to use it to get people the crash course in Premier League experience, you know, and you learn more when you're losing than you, you ever do when you're winning. <laughs> so maybe there's a bit of that that actually, you know what, let's, let's blood this new talent in, you know, but we will see, you know, I think Tuesday night is, is a real kind of um, you know, a real kind of test, a test of company's acumen, a test of whether this team is at a point where, you know, we can compete against the teams in that little mini league we always talk about in the Premier League. Um, and that'll be the really interesting one. If he sticks with what he's gone with so far and it doesn't perform, then we're kind of into the realms of, you know, there's a little bit too much confidence in his system being perfect and getting it right. I personally think, like we saw against um, Forrest, I think it was, when we brought back the likes of Taylor and Brownhill, I think Tuesday night will be a little bit more of 
you know, even more of that tried and tested. I fully expect we'll see Zorori. Um, We'll obviously see Foster. I, I just, you know, like I say, let's reserve judgment until bonfire night. If we're still on one point on bonfire night, I think we're we're in Paul Jewel Derby County now territory. I think. <laughs> so we've been in, we've been down this road before, haven't we? You know, with with Sean, Sean's first season in the Premier League. I think it was the, you know, I think we went ten games without without winning a game, and then uh, Ashley Barnes struck against. Uh, Hull and we back that up uh, a week later at Stoke. But uh, usually in those games, we'd have picked up, you know, we'd have scrapped our way to a few a, a few draws, you know, a few nil-nils or something like that. But that's the one concern for me. That you just, you're just you not picking up anything you know, <laughs> at the moment, bar, uh, you know, what was still in my mind a win at Nottingham Forest. You know, we've all saw what, you know, Darren England's uh, expertise in the uh, in officiating again. Yesterday, but uh, I've said I've just no uh, no confidence whatsoever in the in uh, in VAR at the moment. But uh, no, it's just we've got to did be able to get, grind did out. We get a written apology within ten minutes of the probably. Game, you know, I've not not, uh, not seen anything. I, I not seen anything to suggest we have if if they have. No, so, no, because they were very quick so, yesterday to make sure they apologised to. Uh, weren't they just? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Decent, of yeah, it? <laughs> Justin, would you make what what changes do you think we should be looking at making for Luton? Who would who would you be thinking definitely to bring back oh, in? Well, obviously Zaruri is the number one name, um, but I have no idea what he's going to do. He just baffles me with every with every turn. I think he's got a little bit of that pep about him where he tries to do something uh, surprising to throw the opposition off a little bit. Um, sometimes that can backfire because you end up not. Sort of playing your playing your best players, don't you? If you're not going to do whatever what everybody expects you to do, I think I think Zaruri needs to 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 come back in straight away. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that we've got a lot of options uh, in the back four. Obviously, we've only got one left back, Vitinho for Roberts. Maybe give 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 that a go. See how that works out. Um, and obviously, you want to get Lyle Foster back in the the team straight away. But apart from that. I don't know. I've not, not. I've not. There's nobody really who's come in and 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 sort of impressed me to the point where I think they must be a starter. Um, and and my opinion of Zuri is based a lot on what I saw last season. But I just think you're really unlucky if you if you perform like that in a cup game after being suspended and you and you don't you don't get a chance to show what you can do. I mean, when when did he come on? On Saturday, there was only about five minutes to go, and there was not a possibility of him doing much. Um, so I, I, he's what we need. We need to start him because he's got that little bit of creativity and that little bit of uh, vision uh, that can break teams down. And, and we're going to, we're definitely going to need that um, because d- despite despite what we're all saying, you know, I, I, obviously there are no easy games in this league, and Luton won't be an easy game, but it is one of the games that we are going to have to win if we're going to stay up. So it's a must win. Well, we're getting to that point, aren't we? we yeah. Like I, like, I, like I said last week, you know, it, it's now six games and one point, it, which isn't good enough, isn't it? I mean, despite the quality of the opposition that we've been facing, as Chris says, in the past, you know, you would expect to pick up a few scruffy points, uh, you know, uh, in that run. Um, against maybe even against the run of play, you know, you get you expect to pick a few points up, but just to get nothing. Uh, but that one point, obviously, that should have been three. But um, 
No, we get, I think we, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a must win because uh, we've already decided we're going to wait till bonfire night before we <laughs> make a judgment. But we are getting to that point, aren't we? Where we're going to, we, 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 we need to say a lot. We need, we need some points on the board. We, we need 10, 11 wins. Yeah. In thirty in thirty two games, or you know, it, it's tough ask. <laughs> I think they definitely must not lose, and I don't care how we go about it. To be honest with you, I don't think mm. it's necessarily a, a Tuesday night for flowing glorious football. We'll go and do the Kenilworth Road thing that we did last year, and go and play as ugly and as dirty and as unpleasant as we have to. You know, we we, we have to. I mean, because they, they, like we've all said, their tails are going to be up, you know, and we've got to go. We've got to go there and try and get a try and get a result of some sort. Um, I mean, I think Ramsey had a shocker yesterday. There's no two ways about it. So whether he uh, brings Rory back in on the left, whether you drop Amdouni as well and let him play kind of behind Foster, who knows or dares to dream? The nice thing is, is we've got the option. Obviously, we know on 60 minutes or so we can change it all around and we can play two separate sets of strikers almost. But um, yeah, I'm sl- I am slightly worried about Luton. I think it's that that options which we've never had before is is great. But I, I'd like us just to have, you know, like I say, I think it's probably a game for for Goodmanson. If he's fit, fully fit, just to kind of, you know, he gives that little bit like we saw at Forest. He perhaps wasn't the most effective going forward, but he just he knows how to recycle a ball. He knows what to do when perhaps other players are getting a little bit excited. Works Collie his Oshel socks off as well. He does. Colin has yeah, got that, that rawness about him. Um, but I, I'd, I'd almost be tempted to bring him in for for Ramsey, Zorori in for Colly Osho. You know, obviously, then Foster probably for Amdouni. So you, you are pretty much changing that front three. And then you've then got Amdouni to bring on. You've got Odebart to bring on. You've got Kolyosho to bring on. You've got Ramsey to bring on. You know, I, I just think we've got to be a bit smarter with with that kind of changing things a bit quicker. And to, to his credit, you know, company did change things initially early on, bringing Odebart on, things put Odebert on and things like that. But I just think there's, Kenilworth Road, Luton away, it's the first championship-esque match of the season. And you almost kind of go, well, what worked last year from a championship point of view? You know, the players who were, they are championship quality. We are showing ourselves at the minute to be championship quality. You know, it's the first championship match of the season. So you've got to go out and win it. Josh Brownell, I just checked the quotes on Josh Brownell. You know, it's the games we've got to win, you know. We played Forest a few weeks ago and put out really good performance. Probably should have come away with three points. Tuesday will be no different. You know, mm. it, they are, they're seeing it as, you know, these are games we've got to win. If you're going to stay up, you've got to win these games. Absolutely. And the managers I mean, one of... also got to be pragmatic around that. You know, you almost abandon the project for certain games and go, right, you know what? Forget it because actually three points will, will take us up to four points. will lift us out of that relegation zone if results go our way but we'll start to give us a bit of that momentum. In fact, they won't, we will get lifted, won't we? Because it's the rearranged fixture. So all we're doing is yeah. playing catching up. So, you know, that all of a sudden going into an international break, you, uh, you know, going into Chelsea, sorry, I should say. Chelsea then, the pressure is a bit off against Chelsea. Then we go into that, that international break. I'd 
really, really love to go into that international break with four points, you know, uh, or at minimum three points at least, draw against Luton, draw against Chelsea. You know, if we can get a bit of momentum, it feels like all the momentum we got from a positive result against Forest, a positive performance, if not a result against United, a routing of Salford, suddenly the wind just got taken out of the sails in the most ridiculous way against Newcastle. I think one of the problems when it comes to like team selection is that you've just outlined all the options that we've got there. And there's players we haven't even mentioned, you know, that we could, we could you know, do, do you look to someone like Redmond to come in for a game like that? That's going to be a bit more physical and you might need a bit more nous about you. Um, you know, we've got uh, Masango, who, who, who never even been, we haven't well, even seen yet, really. Played for the under 21s, didn't he? If, if, yeah. Well, for the, for the uh, with uh, Cherlinov and Egan all, all these yeah. All these options are great. What we don't have is certain players who you say, well, he's definitely got to play. I mean, there's almost nobody in that squad who you'd be shocked if he left out. Really, I mean, maybe some of the defenders. I'd be shocked if you left out Bayer, you know. But we could we could be leaving out the right back. We could be changing all our midfielders, all our wingers, and all our attackers. And none of us would be up in arms. How on earth has he done that? You know, how has he left that player out? There's just mm-hmm. at the moment, there's not enough players have played well enough in two or three games to 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 be fixtures in that team. They just aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, probably Bar, Bar a... Foster, but who's, who's by his own uh, his own error cost him uh, cost him three games at a time when he was, you know, the shining light in two or three games on the spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Rest of the Premier League, anything, uh, guys, catch your eye over the weekend apart apart from let's not do the 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 VAR Liverpool nonsense because <laughs> there's going to be like a week's worth of media coverage of that because it's Liverpool, mm-hmm. but. Villa. Villa. Villa again. Villa look a good side. I mean, Emery's a great manager. We said that. Um, they were very good against us. Very, very tidy. I know, um, uh, you know, I, I know it's kind of been a little bit up and down. And we said, didn't we, first week of the season, Newcastle's performance, uh, you know, Newcastle's performance against them, whatever week, match day week it was. But, you know, we've all held Brighton up as this kind of bastion of progress and brilliant. And they were sitting third in the table. You know what? De Villa then sneak into the top four. We talked about the middle section getting stronger. I think what it is, is, you know, United getting beat at home, Chelsea being as poor as they are. You know, the top six, some of the top six are getting weaker, but actually some of that middle ground are now becoming genuine top six, top seven teams. And, and Villa, for me, you know, they snuck into Europe last year. I know my old boss is a, a Villa fan and he was a bit like, you know, I said to him, oh, you'll be in Europe at this stage. No, I'm not sure if we'll quite get there. Them, to me, look fantastic. Ollie Watkins, second hat-trick of the season, albeit the first one against Hibs in the um, um, in the Europa League, Conference League, whatever they're in. But two hat-tricks for, uh, for, for Ollie Watkins, not even out of September yet. At that point, we are now. <laughs> Ramsey looked good for Villa as well, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Ramsey Agenda. Jr. Yeah. I say I watched I watched quite a bit of the Everton game against Luton just for you know a bit of a bit of a sighter ahead of Tuesday and uh, Everton. I mean, you know, there's a lot of pressure on on, on Sean at the moment and uh, the the home form's wretched. You know, it shows that uh, you know that cup tie. Coming up is you know eminently winnable, like we suggested it, it, it was uh, it was last week. But uh, they were they were they were unlucky for me, Everton. They've created enough, uh, you know, to to have been two or three nil up in the game before 
conceding to two, you know, two sloppy goals from set pieces. But the the, the set piece goal, it's all about desire. You know, we talk about possession football and uh, you know, pace and power. All you know, desire. You know, the desire from uh, Lockyer to get to the ball first and 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 turn the ball in for you know what proved a yeah. pivotal goal. You know, you can't buy that. It's fabulous. You know, and uh, you know Ash, Ashley Young's been uh, seen it all. He's just you know beaten by a player who wants to get to the ball. You know, first and and score his team a, a critical goal. The second goal is like. Nicely taken, and they've they've managed to hold on. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I say Everton. They just even with Calvert Lewin and Beto, they they they're really short of a of a goal threat. And uh, yeah, they they're going to be one of the sides that are in and around at the end of the season. I'm afraid, or not afraid. <laughs> Right. Well, that gets us to the end of uh, this uh, debrief on Newcastle Burnley and uh, a little bit of a look ahead to Tuesday's game at Kenilworth Road against Luton. When we come back with you next, we'll be uh, reviewing that game at Luton. And it does feel like a big one. It does feel like a significant one. So next time we talk, it will be looking back at Luton and looking ahead to Chelsea. Thanks very much indeed uh, to all the team, as always. And thank you for you for listening. Please, I do say this all the time, let people know about the podcast. We are flying up the charts again. We are getting more and more people listening to the podcast, and that's because people are passing it on. Word of mouth and their WhatsApp to a friend is as good as anything else. But you can follow us, of course, on social media, at Behold Podcast. And I noticed having a look as well, there's been a couple of reviews trickling in. They do help boosters and boost our profile. So any reviews you can leave on, on your podcast service will always help us. Thanks very much for listening. Speak to you again soon and all the best. Jimmy McElroy to Watson.